0: Worship wrecked me this morning. (laughs) I don't want to let it go because then all this snot and stuff, so I'll go to humor, which is my default mechanism. So I'm just so desperate for God. I don't even know how to explain it. Do you know that there's going to be four to 5,000 pastors leave the ministry this year alone? There will be 400 churches that close their doors this week. Do you know that there's 40% less youth groups today than there were 10 years ago? We have more money in churches with better light shows and fancier buildings. And that is not what changes people's lives. Jesus Christ and a real and living Holy Spirit that is with us now. And I just got wrecked this morning, so... Today's Vision Sunday. For those in our online community, we welcome you. We're so glad you're with us. So let's do this. Let's start off by just sharing some very, very cool things. Last year, I remember standing up here. Actually, I remember going to the entire team, all the directors, everyone. And the budget was done. And I don't know how your life works, but here's how the church works. We kind of look at past years, what what, what type of income have we brought in? We see if we're in an upward slope or downward, and just so you know, church, it always seems like we kind of keep going up, which is a positive, despite COVID, it's kind of going up. So we had our budget set, and we do not run a deficit as a church. Why? Because I would never stand up here and preach to you. You as a family, run a deficit, it's fine. Now listen, church is going to model what it is we (laughs) preach, and the Bible makes it very clear that you are a slave if you're, if you're in debt. So guess what? I have no desire for our church to be a slave to anybody or anything. So we got the budget set. Problem was God started talking to me. So I came back to the team and I said, Hey, I feel like God's calling us to a year of radical generosity. And they said, where does it fit in the budget? I go, that's the thing. The budget's set. We're going to believe not just for the 10% that we're planning on giving away, but we're going to give away an additional 10%. And this is the question that they should ask. Where's the money coming from? And I said, no idea. God didn't tell me where the income was coming from. He told me what we, he was calling us to. And last year into November, yep, that's 11. Just want to make sure I had that right. Into 11, we're running a debt as a church And we were going, okay, God, like, what are we going to do? So a few months before then, I came back to the team and I said, hey, we're running a debt. I don't want to end the year having ran, ran a debt. So should we stop being in radical generosity? And the rest of the team looked at me and they go like, so you didn't hear from God? That's like that awkward moment, right? (laughs) That's that awkward moment where you either have to say, no, I didn't, or yes, I did. So it was, no, I do believe we heard from God. So they said, well, then we're going to continue radical generosity. And I believe, without a shadow of doubt, by the way, I can't prove this to you. This is one of those things that, as a follower of Christ, we call it faith because I just have to believe it. I believe. The number one contributor to us being able to sell this property, to begin looking what God has for us. By the way, when we sold this property, I know I shouldn't be telling you this much, but who cares? Like Last, year alone, uh, last month alone, just to heat this building, this building, we had over a $7,000 electric bill. So if anyone says, why exactly are you trying to sell the building? Just remember that. that we, there's a lot better buildings out there for heating and cooling. But so we just, we stayed with it. And I believe the reason that God opened the door for what he has for us in the new day is because up to the finish line of the year, we never stopped being radical in our generosity. And our gen. Yes. See, that's a good applause. I bet. I bet I can make it a little better, and here's why. Because last year, church, we, it ended up being uh, about 45, 46 ministries. I didn't do that count for you, but we, almost 50 different ministries we gave to in church, we gave $93,207 away last year alone. So there is a church in San Diego that's going to be starting three months from now. They've, they've been working for over a year and a half now in kind of a small group, home group. In March, they're going to be launching their church. You should know thousands of dollars were given to them in order for them to launch their ministry in San Diego. You should know that there's two churches here in town that had to relocate, and we were a part of, can you imagine this? We gave money to another competing church in town. <gasps> oh, hey, by the way, they're not competing. We all work for the same boss. We're just different branch locations. Okay. So like we are able to sow into two churches in town. I think about every food pantry in the area got money from you, yeah. not from David, not from pastor us, we gave it to them. Mosaic Pregnancy Center, still saving lives to this day. We were able to pour into Mosaic Pregnancy Center. And the list goes on and on. The amount of ministries, the, our local police, we were able to invest. And in those that are investing in us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they never get a holiday off. They don't, The whole police station doesn't shut down for Christmas. There's people on the street doing We were able to invest from police to churches, to food pantry, just so many people. So I'm going to say it one more time just so you can get it as excited as I have been, $93,207. We were able to invest in other people. So with the selling of the building, this is the only kind of update we're going to give to you today. Let me just kind of give you a building update because every time people hear that we sold a building, what do you think the first question is? Where are you going? Where are you going? My answer has been that's the couple million dollar question. Unless God wants to give us something free, then it's not a couple of, But that is the big question. So church, let me tell you what we're praying for right now. And in praying for this, or let me say this first. The first thing is, there's been three different committees. We're not a church that lives by boards and committees and things like this. We, we work through teams. But there are times that you just need to get smarter people than me. Say amen on that one. Like, that's a big one. Say amen on. So the first one, I didn't mean for you to actually say that, but... Uh, So the first thing that we have and kind of still are, but pretty much have, we're putting together a search committee. And that is the place of where are we going? What's available? What's out there? And here is what my prayers have been. Number one, I've been praying for God to help us find that church that is currently dying or hurting that has a heritage, that has a building, that has a location, that rather than them closing their door after 20, 30, 100 years, could you imagine if you were a pastor not knowing how to make a payment next, next week and we showed up and said, I have an idea for you. How about all of us just come to yours? And rather than you guys losing the heritage that you have, we go into the new day together. And so number one, my prayer is, God, is there a church out there that we need to, there's a property out there that we can move into. So that's number one. Number two, I'm praying for a building. And the building that we can get in and just renovate. And here's the reason why. I have no desire to pay the money to take a water line from the street and drive it all, get it all the way to the building when someone else already paid that bill and then bring the electric line in and then bring the curbs and the gutters and the sewer. And the, I would love to find that someone else already did that and they just want to get rid of the building. So number two, we're looking for just a building. And then number three, build brand new which by the way, I know it sounds all sexy and we can get anything we want. Here's the thing. I'm just cheap. I'll tell you now. I don't want to spend the money, but I will say this, my mouth to God's ears. I don't know why I point up. I, I don't think heaven's located that way, but uh, let's do that today. So the third one would just be build new. And I'll say this, God, whatever your will is, we're fine with that. What, or Whatever you have planned for us. We will step into what that is and how that looks. And so, so just so you know, that's what you can kind of be praying into and, and to join prayers with us. The next thing that we have started but are also putting together is a finance committee. So as a church, we know how to run, if I can say it this way, we know how to run our finances. We have a certain amount of money comes in, we know what our overhead is, we know what our payroll is, we know what our ministry costs is, and we've done well for I mean years now of always ending the year in a positive balance and all those type of things. But this is a whole separate beast because we're going to have to figure out here's something you might not have thought of. When you go to move, we actually have to market that we're moving. So What is the marketing budget? What is the architect budget? What is the building budget? What is, there's just all those type of things, and I don't want that responsibility to fall on the current team. So we have already talked to a couple, and we're looking for a few more, but here's the thing about this committee. If you don't have a finance background and or know what a P&L is, don't, I don't want you on this one. Like, this is one of those skilled ones. We need someone to be able to project and look into the future, and so we're putting together a finance committee. But here is the committee, as odd as this sounds, that I'm the most excited about. The third committee that we're putting together is going to sound weird to say this at church. We're putting together a prayer committee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it sounds weird because you put the word committee behind it. But here's the thing we are looking for individuals that will have a two year commitment to be praying for the church intentionally as we go through kind of, if I can say it this way, the four phases. Because first we have to find, then we have to build, then we have to move but we're not done, then we have to live, (laughs) there's a fourth step to it, so if you would be interested, this is for those in our online community, I don't know which camera's on me right now, for those in our online community, this is open for you as well as anyone here, if I say this right now, how many would be willing and wanting and able to just pray for the church for the next two years intentionally, and it's going to be led by a lady by the name of Joyce Geiler, and all of the thoughts that you have get funneled to her, not me. Please, God, give them to her, not me. She'll filter and, and summarize it because some of you don't know how to summarize. So, like, I want, you to, I want you to have hour-long prayer meetings to give me a paragraph summary. I'm excited about that. But if you would be interested in being a part of the prayer committee, please email prayer at navchurch.org. And so uh, we will make sure, don't worry, you guys got emails coming later today and tomorrow with a lot of information. But if you would like to be a part of the prayer committee, we'd love to have you on this. And all you have to do, and for those in our online community, they're going to type this in, the little chat box there for you, prayer at navchurch.org. We'd love you to be praying with us as we go through this. But the reason we decided to call it a committee is so that we know that there are individuals, men and women out there, consistently praying for our church. Because how many of you know we can move all we want, we can go anywhere we want, but if God isn't blessing it, I have no desire to do it. And if you need a scripture, go to uh, Genesis when God is talking to Moses, and God literally said to, uh, Moses literally said to God, if you don't go, neither will I. So we're going to say the same thing. So that's just kind of, if I could say this, that's just kind of an update of what last year was. I think it was incredible. Um, uh, As we move into this next year, God has positioned us for the things to come. And one of the things in God positioning and moving us in next year, I recognize, uh, I, I understand where my shortcomings are as a leader. And where my bandwidth is also as not just a pastor of the church, but a dad of four, a husband of one, like... There's only so much I can do. So we've been talking, and we actually, in our last, uh, this would be our board meeting. This would be with our spiritual fathers, our apostles, that that, um, uh, oversee our church. And for those who don't know who that is, that's Apostle Jim Hodges. That's David Freck, um, who's new to the team, but he's been a mentor of my life for years now. Just an incredible man of God. Uh, Philip O'Reilly and Daryl Corbin. Why am I trying to cry again? I have no idea. I'm naming names, but... um, we shared with them one of the things that we are wanting to do and one of the things we want to do is we want to start investing in the church we want to become versus the church that we are and one of the things that we felt was very important to do that not just for the sake of the church but also for better leadership again i recognize my shortcomings and where where i'm where i'm good at and where i'm not so good at and one of the things is i am great at starting new projects I'm great at casting vision. And a couple months into it, I'm done with that. (laughs) Like I've been working on that for a while. So the problem is with everything happening at the church and moving to a new location, stuff like that, my fear is that there will be executive level things that just aren't getting done. So Navigation Church, I just want to let you know that there's a new executive director at the church. His name is Steve Defonso. And he is... I'll, I'll pause for that. Uh, a retired colonel of the Air Force, uh, thanks way beyond anything that I can dream or imagine. And actually, he was a part, a major part, in influence of switching from Sun Life to Navigation Church, he helped lead that charge, and we're asking him to step back onto the team to actually just continue, if I could see this, almost oversee day-to-day operations. Because there's gonna be times where I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to meet with people, I'm gonna have to explore, I'm gonna have to be with committees and things like that. So we want the church to operate the best that we can, so we're investing in the church that we wanna become. And a couple things that we're doing that, and, and this is kind of off script, but you should know, you have someone like Tawan who has a desire to be in the ministry. You have Ty- Tyler who wants to be in the ministry. You, uh, you have Caleb. You have uh, uh, Nate. You have all these young men that are stepping in. And here's what I know. If we have a lot of young people coming in saying, how do I work at the church? I will be good for about a month, and then they're going to feel like they get abandoned. Not that I don't love them. Oh, there's something shiny over here, and I just go. So, so let's do this. Let's, let's put me in where I'm the best. And let's put Steve where he's the best, and let's put Pastor Aaron where he's the best, and let everybody do what God's called them to do. So I just want to let you know that, that Steve Defines will be stepping into that position for this next year to come. And here's why it's important. So if you wanted a sermon today, this is the only kind of sermon part that you get, because the rest is more just vision, update, tell you what's going on. Because in just a second, I want to tell you what I believe that God has called us to, for, as Pastor Aaron mentioned earlier, for months now. I find it interesting, so was it two weeks ago there's a football player that went down on the football field? It was last week. Wells, is that his name? Okay, so everybody else knew his name except for me, which kind of tells you where I'm at with football. I haven't been watching football, and truth be told, I haven't been keeping up with how his health is. I've been following something completely different. The amount of conversation that the nation is having about football players praying on the football field it it is amazing no matter what policy is when people are in need you see what they go to right and i've heard this before that even an atheist will pray in the foxholes of war right because there's something inside of i need help i can't do it myself i got to reach out for something outside of me But for us to become desperate for God, what I don't want is for us to get to a place of desperation. I think you can make yourself desperate for God because you just tell yourself, become desperate for God. Like, I want God in my life. When I look at the world around what's available to my kids these days, I'm desperate for my kids to love God because sin is easy and it is cheap. So how do I get desperate for God? How do I get it? And so... This phrase began going over and over in my head. So last year, it was radical generosity. And this year, we're going to actually keep the word radical because we saw what God did last year when we were radical about our generosity. But this year, rather than with it just being with our money, what if we were radically devoted to God? So this year's theme is radical devotion. What would it look like? If we prioritize God in every aspect of our life for just one year, what if it? See, that applause didn't get as much because that comes with a cost. But what does it look like if we prioritize God in our entertainment? What does it look like? We prioritize God in our family. What does it look like if we prioritize God ready for this? on our Sunday mornings what does it look like if we prioritize God in every aspect of our life to become radically devoted to him because in doing this when it comes to this radical devotion I've always heard this is this I want to be in the will of God what does it mean to be in the will of God Because just so you know, I'm pretty sure if you brought five of us up here to debate what is the will of God, you would get six different sermons from five of us. What is the will of God? What does it mean to be out of the will of God? Did you ever have a sin in your life that you're pretty sure threw you out of the will of God so now you won't ever reach the destiny that he's called you to? Because your sin is more powerful than his will. And so I I've just, this is one of these, and by the way, I've always wanted to do a series on the will of God, and I decided not to. I decided to drop it on a Sunday morning where we're casting vision. I'm going to give you a single thought, and if it irritates you, you get to wrestle with it. After all, you're going to be radically devoted to God. Why can't he talk to you? And so here it is, ready for this? In 1 Thessalonians 4, it says this, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, okay? So all these different things we've talked to you about, we've instructed you on how to please God. Um, as in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instrument, or, uh, instructions we gave you by the authority of Jesus Christ. So here it is. Ready? You want to know what the will of God is. Verse 3. It is God's will for you to be sanctified. If you were to ask me what is God's will for your life, it is to be sanctified. Does God's will want me to go into this? Does God's will want me to go into that? Does God's will want me to go in? That's a great question to ask, but here's what it boils down. God wants you to be sanctified. So when you didn't get that job, there's a chance you would say, Well, it wasn't God's will. What you didn't know was there was a floozy that was the church or the, 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 the secretary that worked there, and there was a chance if you got that job, you would have an affair on your spouse. God's will was for you to be sanctified so he didn't open that door. God's will was for Jonah to go straight to Nineveh and preach the gospel. But just because Jonah sidestepped and decided to get in a boat going in the opposite direction, it didn't change what God wanted for him. God said, great, I get to sanctify you before a whale spits you up, and then you do the job I, was called, you to, I called you to do. And you can say, well, God's will wasn't for Samson to marry some lady by the name of Delilah and cut his hair off. No, God's will was for the Philistines to be overthrown. Despite Samson's unfaithfulness, God was still faithful. And eventually, Samson got to the point where he said this, Oh my God, what have I done to you? If you return my strength through a sanctified mind, I will fulfill your desire to overcome the Philistines. It doesn't, if you think what you achieve in life fulfills God's will, I'm just letting you know an unsanctified saint is not God's will. A sanctified saint is. And it doesn't happen because we occasionally come to church, occasionally prayer. See, prayer, and this, by the way, this is next week's sermon because. Prayer shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first instinct. Yes, amen. But it doesn't happen that way because what do we do? We pull ourselves up by our blue straps. We do our best to do what we can do in our power and our strength. But what we are going to do this next year is we are going to focus on one thing, being radically devoted to God. So instead of doing a 40-day spiritual campaign going into Easter, this year we've called it a 40-day challenge. Ready? Because week number one, and by the way, I don't have all this off the top of my head. Week number one, we're going to say the only music you listen for anyone who wants to do it, this is a challenge, the only music you listen to is worship or God music. And So those of us who get in the car and turn on our sports and turn on a podcast and turn on, what if for one week the only thing you put inside of you is worship? right and and so then like week two you can drop week one and just do week two or you can add week two and add week three but every week there's going to be more and more challenges in november i I can't believe i'm telling you this but in november i can't the challenge to end the year strong is to read the bible in 30 days it's called shredded that is, that is where we got to. Read the Bible in 30 days. And if you go, how is that possible? Because you devoted a couple hours of day to the Word. Yep. And it's just to get it in you. It's just to read through you. You won't remember a gosh darn thing. I promise you that. Like you're going to be reading too fast to remember everything. And I know what you're going to do. You're going to be like me. You're going to hit the book of Numbers. And, 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 It's just names. You're not going to remember. Just through genealogies. Matthew, things. Boop, page turner. So, We have all these different things that we're going to be doing to be radically devoted. And what I'm most excited about, coming out of Easter, we're going to do a series called I Want to Quit. And we've picked some of the toughest topics that we've ever covered at at Navigation Church. We're kicking off that series by I Want to Quit Porn. And I think it only gets tougher after that. And so here's the thing if you want to be radically devoted to god there are some things in your life we had to strip away and some things we have to embrace and so this year is going to be a radically devoted by god because his will is for all of us to be one thing sanctified so this year's theme is radical devotion and to help do that the month of january is going to be a month of prayer and fasting now the moment i said fasting some of you went oh no don't worry We're going to do a 24-day fast, which, by the way, starts today. You know why we didn't announce it last week? Is because the best thing to do if you want to start a diet is to start on this meal. Not Monday, where you can carb up over the weekend and then have a sugar crash, right? The best thing, if you want to make a major life shift now, is the best time. So immediately following service, this is your announcement, we have a book that we, if you, if you want to be a part of this, it's $20 and it's called Starving. Let me make sure, I, yeah, Starving. This was written by a guy named Jess Strickland, had an amazing conversation on the phone with this individual and by the way, he's a giant of the faith that I didn't even know and I got done, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, Heather and Aaron were so instrumental in my life on this day. I get done, and literally, we're talking about fasting. We're talking about his book. I'm trying to figure out how to buy bulk so that we can get the best price possible. I don't know if I mentioned this because I'm cheap, and I don't want to pay sticker price, right? So I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I get done. I was actually back here in the green room, and I went to the office, and I said, man, guys, I think I just met a giant in the faith. And tell me if I'm wrong. I just started bawling. And they go, why are you crying? I'm like, this guy touched me. And they said, how? I don't know. And so I'm trying to tell them what we talked about. And I think it was Heather. She eventually looked at me and she goes, why don't you do this? Why don't you go home and just get with Jesus? Because there was something just knowing that we were moving into this. God was already talking to me. So church, I want to invite you into the month of January prayer and fasting. But I know us, me, all of us. If I said for the next 21 days, we're going to fast, I'm not excited about that. Truth be told, I don't know if I could do it. But here's what I do know. This book that I'm going to invite you to purchase, it's a daily journal, in case I haven't mentioned it, that starts today. For those of you online and you're not here to purchase this book, and by the way, our moderators, make sure to put this in the chat. Make sure to email church.office at navchurch.org church.office at navchurch.org. I will drive around tomorrow delivering books. And when I say I, <laughs> I'm probably punting off on someone else because there's an executive director going to help keep me focused. But <laughs> we want to get a book in your hand if you're ready to start this. And here's what we're going to do. For the next 21 days, instead of fasting, you're going to read about, study, pray, and journal for what it means to fast. So it's a 21-day journey to get us mentally and spiritually prepared. And then the last Sunday of this month, we will kick off a three-day fast. And what does that mean? The question I have for you is, what does that mean for you? For some of you, it made me, you fast food and water only for three days which is great. Do that. Some of you, you're addicted to coffee and soda, and you may need to fast that. Some of you may have a drug or alcohol addiction, and you need to fast that. Some of you, you're smokers, and you need to fast that. Some of you, you get home, and the only thing you do is plop on the couch, and you Netflix and chill. And you ne- I don't know what God's calling you to, but I will say this. My guess is for 21 days, if you're radically devoted to God, The Holy Spirit will whisper something in your ear, and you don't need the church to tell you what to do. You don't need the leadership to tell you what to do. Let God tell you what to do. So I'm going to remind you at the end, but we're going to... January is a month of prayer and fasting. And then we're going to have a a, a great conversation after that about what it means to shift into this new day. And then what I think I'm most excited about this year... Then we're going to talk for seven or eight weeks on just the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit in our life, we all might as well close the door now because that's the living God in our life now to break off every chain. Hallelujah. It's to break off every chain. So immediately following this, and again, online, church.office at navchurch.org. We will have those books for sale and we want you to take them just so you know. You know what? I want to say this too. Radical generosity. If you're here and you hear $20 for a book and that's too much for you, please go get the book. And actually, I'll I'll take it a step further. David and Cammie, we're planning on buying two today. I'm buying four. And there will be two back there for anyone who needs them. Please don't make a couple bucks be the difference between you pursuing God. And... By the way, I need to know you're with me on this one. If you're here today and you can't afford it, or if you, I didn't bring money with me, fine, bring it next week. It's not about a couple bucks. This is about trying to equip you to step into what God's calling you to, and it's radically devoted. And husbands and wife, I'm going to encourage you to do this. Cammie and I have two different books because they're meant to journal also. And so we're moving into this radical generosity, or radical devotion. Those will be for sale at the end. And by the way, the church doesn't make anything. You should just know this. After we get shipping and everything, it will cost the church. This is just help you. We have found over time that if you don't invest into what you're getting, that means nothing to you. But if I put out 20 bucks, I guarantee you I'm going to do this 21 day journal for 22 just to stick it to the man. Like, I'm going to get my money's worth on it. So make sure to get those afterwards. The next thing in our radical devotion this year, we're going to expand our small groups. Many of you are part of NAV groups, these are groups that meet throughout the week. But you should know that we're looking to multiply these groups. By the end of the year, I would love to see double the amount of NAV groups that we have going right now. We have interest groups that we're starting all the time. Here's one for you. We have a prayer interest group that's going to be focused on the church and the building. But then also, I do want to let you know, if you are a parent with a student in the ministry, you will want to come tonight to hear what Pastor Aaron's going to be sharing for the students because this, the vision that he, that God laid on his heart goes hand in hand with the vision that we have as a whole church. And as a church, we're doing this together. Even to the point where four times over this next year, once a quarter starting next month, we're going to have Sunday night worship nights. No sermons. No. And when I talked to Pastor Aaron, I said, man, if it's a Sunday night, what do we want to do with the students? He goes, we're in this vision with you. So... the students will just shift and we're coming to worship that night so we're going to have four times of just having worship nights where we have nothing to do except tell god he rocks and we don't i don't know is that a song i hope it's not that's i'm not even sure that's good theology but yeah so our small groups are going to continue to expand this next year through the generations, through our NAV groups, through our interest groups, and of course, as always, through our serve groups. If you're here and you love what's happening, it's because someone came early to serve you. And if you have friends and family, you want to experience that, we want to encourage you, join a serve group. Help make us who we are, because I promise you, Navigation Church isn't because I stand up here. I, if you realize it, I'm at the end. I'm the caboose. Listen to that. That's true. I'm literally the caboose of the ministry. I'm the last thing that you experience. The the hospitality, the love, the welcome that you feel is because of everybody else. And so we're going to be expanding our small groups. The next thing we're going to do, we're going to be putting together leadership tracks for this next year. How is it that you as an individual grows? Some leadership track is just going to be a training of how to step in a certain area of ministry. But I believe that God's called us to raise up ministers. Yes, yeah. I, maybe it's my age. Just get weepy about stuff. God has brought four young men our way that have a desire to be in the ministry. And how could we Not take that seriously. And look around. God is bringing hundreds of people here all the time that is finding Christ. And if we just say, hey, congratulations, you're saved. Try to hold on till you die. We kind of forget this whole Matthew 18 of go ye therefore and make disciples of just the people you like. Nope, that's not what it says. Go ye there and make disciples of all nations of all people, of all tribes, of all, of all colors, of all heights, of all sexes. Bring them all together and let them find Jesus. And so we're putting together these leadership tracks where we not just want to help people take their next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, but we actually put people on the, if I can say this, in the will of God. And that will of God is for sanctification, edification, Growing. And so we're going to be developing these leadership tracks. The next one, have I said yet I may be most excited about this one? I think I've said that already, haven't I? The next one I think I'm most excited about. We're going to be shifting our Sunday morning services a little bit to have interactive worship. Okay, good. That was as clear when I first shared it with everyone. So what can't happen is for church to become a routine and we come up we stand we clap by third song we have our hands raised we sit down david talks we get to leave but my job description according to the book of ephesians is to train and equip the saints for the work of the ministry that's you so interactive worship means this that rather than just singing songs we want to have actual times of interacting with jesus So there may be a Sunday morning where we come up and we just say, listen, I believe that God wants to heal some people today. And during worship, we have times of praying for people for healing. Rather than than just saying, hey, it's time to give our tithes and offerings as an act of worship, why not do it while the music's going on? And by the way, I know the percentage of us that give via text or online. So if we say, hey, this morning, we're going to have ushers stationed around and we want to encourage you to come give your tithes and offerings, there's a chance you walk up with your cell phone, put it in and bring it right back out. Like, "Boop, it, here we go. Like, but what if we, on purpose, actually came and gave a part of our worship in our giving? When's the last time we recited the Apostles' Creed together? Yeah. Or we had, do you, how, many, how many, this is old, old-fashioned, right? When's the last time you did a uh, responsive reading in church? Yeah. Why not do some old school stuff? Because it was good then, it may be good now. And here's the thing, if it's not, we just won't do it again. Like just move on, right? So just throughout the weeks, as time comes, our worship time is going to move a little bit longer. In order to create greater opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do something here. And that's what we're calling is interactive worship. We do not want Christianity to become a spectator sport. And if every time we come up, you know what to expect and you can stand. Oh, we're starting with the fast song. We always start with the fast song. They do that to make sure we're awake. Okay, double time, double time. Like, but what if you came in on a Sunday morning and it was all slow? Or you came in on a Sunday morning and we go, we're going to teach you this old fashioned word called halal. This is a worship word in the Old Testament. It literally means to be clamorously foolish before God. So everyone, do jumping jacks for Jesus. We will never do that, I promise you. If we do that, you're welcome to tackle the worship leader on that day. But we're going to just move to more interactive worship in order to be able to do that. You know what? Here's the other thing we're going to do this year. We're going to be shifting back to two services by the end of summer. We're going to be shifting back to two services by the end of summer. I know that God is saying that to me. I've never said that, and Aaron's not happy with me just saying that. Guys, we have to give opportunity for more people to come to know Jesus. And we can't do that being limited by one service. We have to move back to two services, which means we need our serve groups. By the way, this was not planned. I know this is God just talking right now. We need our serve groups to grow because we have to give greater opportunity for more people to come. And having two different times, early and late, is ideal. Just so you know, it's ideal. When my son, are you guys okay on time? We have the baptism. I, I will go quick, I promise. We signed our, my boy up for baseball, a select baseball team. And I told the coach, I said, just so you know, if you schedule everything for Sunday mornings, you want us to be radically devoted for this team, but we are more radically devoted for God. And he had an incredible conversation with me, letting me know that he doesn't want to do Sunday mornings, blah, 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 blah. Schedule came out three weeks ago. Every Sunday morning from 7.30 to 9 is my kid's baseball practice. I was ticked, and here's why. I've already paid the money. So you know I'm going to do baseball because I'm too cheap to pull out at this point. I don't know if we've covered this yet, but I'm going to, okay. But thank God, because of the friendships we have on the team, we're going to be able to work everything out. But if there was an early service and late service, that alone would be beneficial for my family. And by the way, it's just now dawning on me. There's other families out there like that. That if there was an earlier and later service, so I believe, God, if this is David speaking, let it fall to the ground. But if this is you, by the end of summer, at, at the latest, we will be back to two services. But it's going to be that because we as a church are stepping up to serve where we need to serve, to facilitate what we need to facilitate so more people can hear, learn from Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Because I feel like I'm way out on a limb right now. Um, here two more for you and then we're gonna we're gonna have some more fun I'm the most excited thing about today is our baptism I might have covered that Uh, here's the other two more things we're gonna do I'm so excited about this one Uh, we're gonna start some pre and post service online shows don't know how to say it better than that so as you drive to church We're gonna be streaming online, I believe it's just Facebook only, correct? We'll just be streaming online, Facebook only, and we're gonna have a pre-service show, talking. And you say, what about? You'll have to tune in to see. But here's what I'm most excited about. Immediately following service, we're gonna start the post-service show. And if you have questions about what I say, because I understand I'm not the world's greatest communicator, I may get done and you may go, I'm confused about some stuff we're gonna have an online conversation to just discuss what it is we talked about in church that day. So our Sunday morning, what we normally do, it's just gonna be expanded. So as you come to church, you can get in the mindset, or let me say that better, as you come to the building, church. You can get in the mindset to be the church, but then afterwards, if it's a, a topic that you had, questions that you have, stuff like that, there'll also be a post-service show to be able to continue the conversation that we're having on Sunday morning. But Sunday morning should not be the highlight of our spiritual week. It is a highlight because we all get together at, at once, but The other thing we're going to be doing and making an intentional about this, and by the second quarter, a lot more is going to be up and running, is we want to have more content Monday through Saturday. Because if you are radically devoted to God, Sunday morning's not enough. You need to wake up and you need to get it. So what, uh, we, we want to do some additional podcasts, interview people. The book that we're going to be reading, Jess Strickland, um, we're working on putting together an hour-long conversation where it's just me interviewing him. But every single series that we have, we're going to have an additional podcast to go with that. We'll be putting out clips about that for you to be able to follow us on social media. But all of that is to do one very specific thing. It is so that Our social, our digital evangelism can increase this next year. Digital evangelism. Why? Because if you have an announcement you need to make today, you no longer take an ad out in the newspaper. I'm still blown away every election cycle that I keep getting these flyers in my mailbox that goes straight into my recycling bin. I don't look at one of them. I use them for the burn pit. Right? Like so. Our digital evangelism is the most powerful thing, so there'll be shareables out there as well as consumables for you so that all the time throughout the week you'll be able to continue, put more and more about Jesus in your life. After all, that's what people who are radically devoted do. So these last two, I know I ran through quickly because I got too excited earlier on other things. So let's do this. God, I thank you for this year of radical devotion. I thank you to what you're calling us to. I thank you that you have given this vision, not just uh, just as Pastor Aaron said, as a throwaway thought, but God, you did this because you knew what we were going to be moving into this next year. And so, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to be a part of this radically devoted lives for everyone here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen amen okay we're going to do a couple quick shifts here number one if you have to leave please stop by the back table and grab your book if i could at this point invite the band to come forward we're going to be going back into a little bit of worship. We actually had three individuals or two individuals that weren't able to join us this morning for water baptism. One, uh, some other families that want to be a part of it weren't able to be here. Another one who got called into work. But if you're here today and you are scheduled to be water baptized, could I invite you? See these gentlemen moving right over here? If you're here today and you were scheduled to be water baptized, could I invite you to head this direction and they will get you where you need to go uh in order to get you prepped for water baptism um i know that while people move you have to look at them that's my jumping jacks for christ or for jesus i forgot what i said oh i said you could tackle the guy who said it so okay everyone hit pause this was a practice this was a practice the last thing we want to do is wrestling in church and so uh uh, for those heading to get baptized We've had conversations with them this week. If you're here today and you don't know what this is about, over the last couple weeks after the last couple months, most likely at the end of a service, I probably said something like this. And band, whenever you're ready to start playing, you can. I probably said something like this. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, now is the best time for you to know him. If you don't know what that means... Have you ever done something in your life that after doing it, you felt dark inside? You felt dirty? The Bible calls that sin. And I know that's supposed to be a taboo word, and we're not supposed to say it nowadays. The problem is it's real. And you can tell me to change the language around all kinds of things, but the fact is a rose by any other name is still a rose. Sin by any other name is still a sin. And the sin that we have in our life created a separation between us and God, but God did not want that separation. So God stepped out of heaven onto earth in order to die for you where you already feel dead. He wants to bring life. So somewhere along the line, the gentlemen that are getting baptized today, which, by the way, we had to order new baptism shirts, not because we ran out of them, because we ran out of the men's. We baptized more men this last year than women. And by the way, this isn't a sexist thing. This is a fact thing. Men are hard-headed. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm a guy. But do you know that when the fathers come to church, 93% of the time, the family does also. God is changing men that are connected with us. And so somewhere along the line, they said yes to Jesus. And in saying yes to Jesus, in their heart, they don't want to leave it there. They want to make it public. So the reason we do water water baptism is this is our way to make public what they have made internal. So let me go ahead and say this to everyone here today. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, now's the best time to say yes. Because God could be stirring inside of you and I know we didn't have a sermon like normal and I didn't kind of lay out the salvation plan like normal, but here's what's great. You're gonna hear a testimony for someone today who wasn't even at church and realized they needed to do something because if the Holy Spirit is moving on you, that's all that it takes for you to say yes.